morning, church. Good morning, Pastor Matt. Let me turn my microphone on here. How's everybody doing today? Good. Hey, let's grab coffee. Yeah, okay. Praise the Lord. Yeah. To Jesus. Ah, that's good coffee. <laughs> uh, so how's everybody doing today? I'm, I'm super pumped. Um, when we first envisioned this series and this, uh, you know, having guests up here in this Q&A kind of a format, uh, this message today is one that I especially look forward to. Uh, Pastor Tom and I have been uh, here together forever. Uh, Pastor, Tom, <laughs> Pastor Tom has been uh, discipling me for 30 years. He has been my Peter for 30 years. And so um, I'm thrilled that I get to share the platform with him. I'm thrilled that he's here today. I'm going to grill him with some questions, and you guys are going to be blessed Amen. if we can get this technology to function. Here we go. Praise the Lord. All right. So as I've said, Pastor Tom has been discipling me for 30 years. He's been my Peter. So today's message is entitled Peter. He has shown me what to do. Actually, I've been his Timothy. It's not until you walk a long time that the, he becomes your Peter. And so um, I'll share more on that some other time. But um, there's, the, there's the outline, the, the Paul, Peter, Barnabas, Timothy uh, discipleship profile. So Pastor Tom is my Peter. He's my spiritual mentor. He's my old person. He's the one who has instructed me. Older person, Pastor Matt. Older person. <laughs> I'm not old. Yet. I'm getting closer every yeah, day. Amen, I'm brother. getting closer every day. Uh, and so we've had a wonderful relationship. Yes. It's been great. And our desire is to, as much as we're going to share some scripture today, really what we want to share to you and what we want to impart to you today is how, what does this look like in real life? Yes. Right? I want to, yeah. I want to engage God. I want to follow God as best I can. And so the model that Jesus has set up is called discipleship. What does discipleship look like on a day-by-day -day basis? What does it look like? We can read the word, and we should. We can fellowship with Jesus, and we should. But when it comes down to brass tacks, you know, this is what's going on in my life. This is, how does that, how does that walk out, and what does that look like? For 30 years, Pastor Tom and I have done this together, and so our heart's desire is just to share some of this with you today. Uh, so I've formulated some questions, and we're just going to jump in with both feet and go for it. Amen? Amen. Father, we just pray right now that as uh, we share this morning that your heart would be revealed uh, to... Your heart of discipleship would be revealed to us this morning, God. Father God, that you would move and that you would have your way and God, that we would all be encouraged in the discipleship process even more in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, Pastor Tom, let me uh, begin by asking this question. What is a disciple? That's a great question, Pastor Matt. The dictionary defines a disciple as a person who is a pupil or an adherent to the doctrines of another. Primarily, a disciple is a follower. And that's what you and I are. We are, the Bible calls us followers of Christ. 
Matthew 28, 18 really spells that out. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. And so often we, we just leave it as go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But the second directive is equally as important. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So a true disciple of Jesus Christ, according to the word of God, John chapter 8, verse 31, the Amplified says, if you abide in my word, continually obeying my teachings and living in accordance with them, then you are truly my disciples. And so the import, what it looked like for Pastor Matt and I over the years was um, initially just meeting informally and, and just cups of coffee over cups of coffee, hearing Pastor Matt's heart and then showing him, OK, th- what does the word say and how how do you feel you can obey the word in this situation? So so the whole focus on making disciples, we should clear up some some misperceptions um, it can be done formally, like Pastor Matt went uh, and got his degree at Regent University. He went through intensive training. In, in essence, you were discipled in higher education right. with and got your degree um, in... Christian leadership and management. Christian leadership and ministry. Uh, Ariana uh, Angel, uh, went to uh, Northeast Leadership. Uh, and your husband, uh, Angelia, went to IHOP. Uh, you know, Jamie and Jordan went to Northeast. Our son went to, um, you know, a, a program in Ventura, California. Lynn went to four and a half years of Bible college. It can be formal, but more often than not, it's just like this. Making disciples is, a, is, is an informal situation where you meet with someone, you hear their heart, and you always point them. Well, what does the word say, Pastor Matt? Yeah. And that, that's kind of how our relationship has been over the 30 years. Um, one of the things that jumped out to me recently, I'm going to share this, and then we'll jump into another question. Um, I was listening to a message, and it was, they brought up the scripture in James chapter 3 where it talks about heavenly versus demonic wisdom. And it talks about demonic wisdom, and I, this was revelation to me that there's actually wisdom that's not good. So we need to be careful. And then it said that the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable. And then it said this word, willing to yield. And the speaker stopped and said, well, that's interesting. And then he just moved on with the rest of the scripture. And so I'm thinking to myself, what does it mean that heavenly wisdom is willing to yield? And so as I pondered on that, I reflected back and I thought of Pastor Tom's life. And immediately, I, he, he, he lived the answer for me. I had seen it for 30 years. And uh, he, he developed a phrase uh, later in our discipleship that was, um, I don't care to be right. Isn't that what it was? I care to be right with God. I don't care to be right. I care to be right with God. This is what it means to be willing to yield. And I, it was like... I understood the scripture like I never understood it before. 
the, the preacher that was preaching didn't explain it to me. I understood it because I saw it lived. And so I, I take that and I move. And now when I have a conversation with somebody, I may know the right answer. But it's not worth arguing about. Amen. I don't have to be right. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I want to move towards wisdom and I want to help that person. And not necess- bringing the right information is not necessarily going to help that person. Yes. And so here's a point where his life showed me what the scripture means. And that stuff is invaluable. Amen, Matthew. Next question, uh, Pastor Tom, what has been the most rewarding part of discipling me? And Pastor Tom has discipled many people. I'm just one of many. What has been most rewarding in discipling me or others? I think hands down, Matthew, seeing you surrender to the call of God on your life, you and your wife both. Um, You had um, run hard in your dad's business. You were very successful as a businessman. Um, And the Lord really, uh, Matthew was covered literally to me. There was a covering over Matthew. Um, He was our youth pastor for years and years and years. And and, and he and Stacy were incredible. But there's still, in my mind, there was a covering as far as your destiny. In 2014, uh, Lynn and I were ready to launch on our our first um, um, sabbatical sabbatical ever. And I said to Matthew, as we were having coffee, Matthew, if you could do anything in life, what would you do? And it was like the cover went flying off. He said, I'd pastor redeeming love. I was stunned. (laughs) I said, what? And then the scales fell from my eyes and I saw the calling of God on Matthew's life as as my successor that I had been praying for years for. And so, Matt, I think the most rewarding thing is seeing you surrender the call of God on your life. Not only that, you and Stacy running so hard with with passion and hunger. And, And now I, for nearly four years, have sat under your ministry and Lynn and I have been immeasurably blessed. You have gone so far beyond what we could do. And, and that's the joy uh, is seeing you and the passion you still have after all these years for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Do not be lagging What a pastor behind. you've got. Both of you, Pastor Matt and Pastor Stacey. Scripture says, do not be lagging behind in zeal. Do not be lagging behind in your passion for God. So, so well, I got to say one more thing, though. This scripture, <laughs> this scripture reminds me of Pastor Matt and Pastor Stacy, Philippians 2.19. Um, Paul says, I hope that the Lord Jesus will allow me to send Timothy to you soon so that I can receive some encouraging news about you. Now, I'm going to take Timothy out. I'm going to put Matthew in. I don't have anyone else like Matthew. He takes a genuine interest in your welfare. Everyone else looks after his own interests, not after those of Jesus Christ. But you know what kind of person Matthew proved to be. Like a father and son, we worked hard together to spread the good news. And I think that, I mean, while you have great men uh, you know, and women that, that are with you, I think for me, this scripture says the most about you and your wife. I don't have anyone else like Pastor Matt and Pastor Stacy. Amen. Amen. This is, um, this is what you're sensing here, what you're seeing here is something that is 
absolutely fun to, fundamental to the discipleship process. Whether it's, um, whether it's at this level where we've been for 30 years or whether it's, it's entry level. And what you're, what you're seeing here is honor and respect. And it goes both ways. Um, for years, we honored Pastor Tom, you know, um, you and we still, still do. do. And you I would, do. I would, you know, um, there was a day where I don't remember exactly where we were standing. We were standing someplace in the church, and I remember somebody was going to try to smear whipped cream on Pastor Tom, and I was like, over my dead body. And I'm going to get in the way. I'm going to take you down you did. before that happens <laughs> because that's my pastor. Yeah. And that's my pastor. Don't treat my pastor that way. Yeah. Honor, watch this, guys. Honor celebrates somebody for who, they is, for who they are without stumbling over who they're not. Oh, right. right. Yeah. Honor celebrates who someone is without tripping over who they're not. I am Pastor Matt. I'm the lead pastor here at Redeeming Love. And you may honor me for that. I am not Pastor Tom. And so whereas Pastor Tom, for those of you who have been here for a while, he, he pastored differently and he had certain gift mix. I'm different. I'm Amen. not him. Amen. And so you can't expect me to be him because I can't do that. But in the discipleship process, if you honor me for who God has made me to be, mm -hmm. you receive the most reward. And this isn't just in the discipleship process. This is where Paul, I'm getting off on a rabbit trail here, but this is fantastic because this is why we're here. This is where Paul says, um, we, we therefore regard no man after the flesh, right? If we regard people after what the spirit of God is in them, and what the Spirit of God is doing in and through a person, we reap the, we reap the reward that God has over their life. Amen. Uh, Josh Thatcher has, has an anointing to pray for backs. Uh, Janice has a, an ability to pray for people who can't sleep, and they sleep. So you can either say, that's ridiculous, I'm not going to have that person pray over me. Or you can say, I recognize the gift in that person, and I'm going to have them pray for me. And it, every single person in this body of Christ has a gift. Yeah. And yeah. every single person in this body has something to give. And so I'll receive from every single one of you because I want the gifts that all of you have poured out over my life. Come on. And there's not, I'll, I will honor you. Uh, all right, we're sitting. It's a good thing I'm sitting. I will honor you for what God has done in your life, and I won't trip over what God hasn't completed in your life yet. Amen. That's Come good. on. That's good. It's honor. It's honor. And we need to cultivate, we are cultivating a culture of honor here at Redeeming Love because that's where God can move the best. Amen. Amen. Pastor Matt, I wanted to, to that's a good point to segue back into Matthew 28. <laughs> I got a lot more questions. Go and make, the Bible says, go into all the world and make disciples. It doesn't say go into all the world and make clones. Mm. Yep, come on, preach I, that. I, here's Pastor Tom. Here's Pastor Matt. I, I want the, <laughs> the greatest joy. Some of you got that. The greatest joy is seeing someone flow in the anointing in their own skin. 
your dad, uh, your dad discipled you essentially in a lot in, in a hard work ethic and, and uh, how to be a nurseryman and how to be a successful landscaper. I can build a deck, but not as good as he can. No man can build a deck like that man. <laughs> but then you know when you took the business, you were your own man, and that's the joy of discipleship is 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 making allowance for someone to. To, to be their own person, and you are your own person, and you're good at it. And you've let me be it. Because how many times can we try to strong arm our disciples or our children and say, no, you have to do it the way I did it. Right. And that can't be right. Right. It just, it won't work that way. No. And Pastor Matt, different is not wrong. It's just, it's different. just different. It's great. It's wonderful that we have these differences. All right, all right, we'll keep moving on the questions okay. here. What is, what is the most challenging in discipling me or others? Well, I'm not patronizing you, but really nothing because your parents did all the heavy lifting. <laughs> your dad taught you a very hard work ethic, and your mom taught you how to be positive in life. But, but with others over the years... Um, I think when you disciple someone, you, you make a very significant time investment in a person. And, and um, it can be sacrif- very sacrificial. If someone is going through a difficult time and you're discipling them, you're stopping what you're doing. Uh, I've broken dates with Lynn. I've, I've missed significant family occasions because someone who I've been with for years has, was going through a difficult time. And you make very significant time investments in people. One of the things that you do when you disciple someone is found in 2 Timothy chapter 4, and and Paul uh, encourages Timothy, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Okay, but here's the difficult part. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. A large aspect of discipling someone is speaking the truth in love and honesty, and that does not go well no matter how gentle you are when you cross someone's will. Oh, Pastor Tom, I I met this girl. Oh, my gosh, I'm in love. What's the first word out of my mouth? Is she saved? Well, no, she's not saved. Well, hold on a second here now. You want to be careful not to be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Yep. Oh, but I, you know, she loves me. I'm sure she's going to come to Christ. You don't have any guarantees in that. And before you let your heart go, go slow here. What's been difficult is I could make a year or two investment and I say something difficult. I'm not harsh. I'm not hard. I'm not. But I just say what the word says. And, and I can see a two-year investment go right up in smoke. person goes right out of your life. It tears your heart out. But, but as someone who's called to make disciples, what's the most challenging? Speaking the truth in love and honesty, mm. despite what might happen. Yeah. That's the, but with you, it was easy. It really was. <laughs> Matthew, your parents did, you were like, okay, yes, sir, all right. And, um, and you yielded. You know, part of what you were talking about, the wisdom from above, Another translation says, um, it's, it's open to reason. It's mm. open to reason. And so, you know, you, you were like, well, right, let, me, let me pray about it. You, you never were like, nope, not doing that. All right, well, we'll pray about that. You were always open to reason. 
we have to, if we think that we're ever going to have a successful life, we have to be obedient to the word. And That's so it. if we haven't hidden the word of God in our heart, then we won't have success. And if we have hidden the word of, our God, hidden the word of God in our heart, then we will have success. And if there's areas where we haven't hidden the word of God in our heart, we don't know how to live because of the word. This is where discipleship comes in. Right. And we allow our spiritual mentor, because I can't call Pastor Tom my old person, Older. When I hit we allow our spiritual mentor to speak into our life. Yeah. Pastor Tom was always, always, he just approached it with the word. Well, the word says, the word says, the word says, the word says. And so as I, as I share with all of you, as you know, we talk about anything, and you guys ask me a question, I'm always coming at you with the word, like right. the Bible says. Yes. If we're going to talk about anything, if we're going to come to any kind of a conclusion... We can only conclude what we can find in the scriptures. The scriptures are our source for life. That, that's it. That's the answer. It's the, final, it's the final answer. It's the truth in everything. So, Matthew, I love John 8.31 out of the Amplified. If you abide in my word, continually obeying my teachings, living in accordance with them, then you are truly my disciples. That's good. We... The, the crux of discipleship is, is Pastor Matt and I and Pastor Stacy and my wife, we're cheerleaders. We want to cheer you on to obey the word no matter what happens in your life. Amen. One of the most horrendous things that ever happened to me, uh, Pastor Jim Carter has always been a, um, like a Peter to me. I, I met him in 1973 and, and he had a lot to speak into my life. And I remember one of the most difficult, if not the, one of the most difficult things that ever happened to me, and I was sharing it with him. And he looked at me, and he said, well, you've got an opportunity here. You can either get better or you can get bitter. What's it going to be? Wow. And I just, it was open to reason. And to me, <laughs> decision-making is easier when you have fewer options. Yeah. There's no option here. I've got to forgive, walk in love, and there's no option. I, I can't, there, there can't be unforgiveness. There's no option. I've got to obey. So God put him in my life at, at a right time, and as he was discipling me as a young man, it helped get me over the hump that, that had the potential to submarine me literally for life, to just walk, yeah. just walk away. Yeah. So that's what we are. We're encouragers. Decisions are easier when you have fewer choices. That's it. That's it. Where'd you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> so much of what I talk to you guys about is just, it's a rewording of what Pastor Tom has already spoken. And so we just keep, it just, it keeps making its yeah. way down. So uh, you guys are, I'm, I'm just blessed beyond measure. Pastor Tom, how do you recognize a Timothy in your life or a disciple in your life? I, I think bar none, the easiest w way to, to, uh, to recognize one is is a disciple will follow you. You remember Elisha and, and, and Elijah, Second uh, Kings 2.1, shortly before the Lord took Elijah up into heaven. In a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal, and Elijah said to Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives, and as you yourself lives, I will not leave you. And, 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 I have seen that in my life. 
when I pastored in the Hamptons, um, way before cell phones, there was a knock on my door at about 5.30 in the morning. I got out of bed. I, I went to the front door, and there were two brothers, Dave and Eric uh, Ernst. And they were like, Pastor Tom, could, I know you're up early. Could, can we just pray with you? <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, sure, boys. I was just about getting ready to do that, right? <laughs> Sound asleep, right? But they just would not leave my side. And every opportunity, they, they would come alongside and say, hey, can we spend some time with you? Or, hey, we know you, you like to go out street witnessing. Can we go street witnessing with you? Um, and you know that you've got a Timothy in your life when, when they begin to follow you because they want to receive something from you. And, and as your relationship grows... And that's important. That's a key word, relationship. They come to understand that the time that you're investing in them and the sacrifice you're making for them. And then all of a sudden, uh, true disciples really consider it an honor uh, to reciprocate and to try to help ease some of your load. They know that your time, you only have so much time. So they'll, you and Stacy, you'd be like, hey, uh, can we help you mulch the, the, the front lawn? I never even asked you, but you're like, boom, you show up with all your children, and, and you're not, your little kids are running around, and you guys, you did in, in an hour what would take me three weeks to do. And that freed me up. That freed me up to have more time to, to spend. And so uh, as you start to recognize a disciple, then there comes a reciprocity and... Uh, you and Stacy were always, you were never takers. You were always givers, 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 givers. So followers, people start to follow you because they want what you have. And that's not a prideful thing. I wanted what Pastor Carter had. I wanted what other men in my life had. Now I come to church, I want what Pastor Matt and Stacy have. <laughs> I want that. I'm going to jump higher than you someday. Come on, it's coming. Um, how many Timothys can you have at one time? Jesus had 12. And, um, and, I, and, and I, I mean this honestly. You're, you are way more intentional than I was in making disciples. What you and Pastor Stacy are doing with engaged groups, you're making way more disciples in a shorter amount of time than I did. Well, there's the 12, and then there's the 70, and so we don't want to be talking necessarily about the 70. You know, it's, it's the Timothy relationship, which would kind of come back more to, like, Jesus had 12, and so none of us are Jesus, so how many do you think that you can honestly... I think you, you can do what you're doing with the... You, you do well what you're doing with the, with the engaged groups, and Jesus had the 12, but he always had the three closest to him. There you go. And so out of the engaged groups will come the three. So there we go. You know, where is the answer? The answer is right back in Scripture. Uh, Jesus had the 70, right? There were the 70 that he sent out. There were the 12, the 12 disciples. But then there were the three, Peter, James, and John. He took them up on the mountain. He took them further along in Gethsemane. And so there was these three that were called aside that were above all of the rest that Jesus poured extra into but when there was pour, extra poured into them, there was extra expected out of them. And then out of the three, there was a John, and then there was a Matthew. So 
you know, it's you you begin to you begin to really see with your spiritual eyes what's God doing. You you match energy with energy. You had a hunger that that very few people had, Matthew. And that was the anointing of God in your life and your wife's life. You overcame, you overcame only to overcome and to overcome, and then you went on to excel, and then you went on to break records. And so I think that um, as, as you continue to do what you do with your engaged groups, you know, there's going to come a Matthew out of those engaged groups. Amen. We're able to do what we do because God is made perfect in our weakness. And so because I'm weak, God's able to be strong. Um, what is important for us to know as we seek to have Timothys in our own lives? I think it's absolutely important to be genuine and to be transparent. Never allow yourself to be put on a pedestal. We're all working out our salvation with fear and trembling. One of the biggest compliments my son ever gave me, one day he was, he was teaching and he stopped and he just said, I want you people to know that the same man that you see here is no different than the man at home. And so when you're discipling someone, you, you want to be transparent. You not necessarily wear your emotions on your sleeves, but you want to be transparent and never be someone who you're not because someone's going to quickly spot a phony and a hypocrite. Um, being Italian, I'm not making any excuses. I, I've been through this for 30 years. My wife's been very patient with me. I, I started out saying, well, you know, I'm loud. I'm Italian. She goes, no, you're in the flesh is what you are. And so Barnabas helped you out. And so, I, you know, I realized that, you know, parents disciple their children. You know, I mean, just your actions alone disciple your children whether you say this is what the word says or not. And one day I was sharp with Lynn, and immediately, um, immediately I was so convicted. And there's Josh there, bug-eyed. I got right down on my knees, and I looked at him eyeball to eyeball. I said, son, your father's wrong. I should never have been disrespectful to your mother. Don't ever talk to a woman the way I talk to your mother. I mean, I didn't yell at her or yeah. scream or something like that, but it was, it was wrong. And so when you disciple someone, the, when, the minute you're wrong, you're not, a disciple isn't here, a, you know, a mentor or, or someone who disciples isn't here, and your student is here. The minute you're wrong, you admit it. The minute you're wrong, you admit it. I looked at Josh and I hugged him. I said, Josh, don't ever talk to your mom like that. I was so wrong. And I think that's important when, when we are discipling someone. We're going to screw up. And when we do, immediately say, hey, Matthew, I was wrong. I, I acted. I just, I just didn't act right, Matt. You know, please forgive me. Uh, and um, please don't ever act like that. That's important. Be transparent. Be real. That's good. Yeah. Um, what words of caution would you give as we seek to have Timothy's? I think I would caution you not to seek, seek a Timothy. Don't, don't seek Timothys. Timothys will seek you. That's good. Don't seek a Timothy. I've seen a lot of guys say, oh, yeah, well, that one's my son, and that one's my son, and that one's my son. And, and I've, I've even had people say, he's my son, and I'm thinking, I'm anything but your son. You know? <laughs> but, but if it makes you feel better, I mean, you know, fine. Like you said, madam, you know, hey, if you feel better, fine. 
Sons seek fathers in the Lord. You know, you've got an earthly dad who, and, and an earthly mom who have done an amazing job pouring into you. And as I said, they've, they've done all the heavy lifting. But, um, you know, a spiritual father is, is just that, not an, not an earthly father. He's a spiritual father. Uh, but you don't seek Timothy's. You know, Jesus sought people and said, follow me. We can't do that. You know, um, Apollos, when he was shown still yet a more excellent way by Priscilla and Aquila, followed them. But then as a discipler, it's, it's like running a marathon. You've got to know when to turn the baton over. Aquila and Priscilla didn't hang on to Apollos. They turned him over to, to, um, to uh, Paul. And then Paul brought him further. So you can't hang on to a Timothy yeah. either. That's good. I've brought my son as as far as you know as I feel my responsibility was, and now he's he's being pastored by another man, and Josh is growing leaps and bounds, you know, uh, above me as Matthew has. That's the joy that a father has is seeing his son be better than him, amen. Uh, excel more than him. Um, I'm happy that you use that contraption. I like this thing. But, you know, that's the joy. It's such a joy to see your, your son go farther than you could ever go. And, and that's the great joy. This so is, the word of caution is never hold your sons or your Timothys back. Don't hold them back. Encourage them to run. That's good. Faster. That's good. This is, this is awesome. Um, I, I'm a, there, there's several different ways that people learn. Right. And for, so the, for those of us who have had kids, multiple kids, you understand that different people learn different ways. We have four kids, four kids all learn different ways. And, you know, uh, you have the kid who, you know, goes to touch the, the pot, the hot stove. Right. And you're like, don't touch that. It's hot. And they won't. They won't touch it. And then, you, and then you have the kid where you're like, don't touch it. No. It's hot. And they're like, is it? And then they have to touch it. They have to find out for themselves. And so there's wisdom. <laughs> Right, and there's wisdom that comes, and we can we can hear it and be like, yes, that's true, that's wisdom, I'll trust that, or we can be like, yeah, I don't know if that's right, let me try it, and then we right fall flat on our face. He was right, right, and so I'm the person who uh, I I try, I don't always succeed at this, but I try to uh, listen and apply so that I don't have to you know, go through the pain of touching the hot stove. I don't want to have to go through the pain. And uh, th this is just another one of those words of wisdom where I know that I know that I know that what Pastor Tom is saying here is the absolute truth. Like, we don't choose Timothys. Timothys choose us. Yeah. And I've said this over and over and over, time and time again, because I've heard him say it, and I know it's the truth. And I've had a little experience with this, not obviously, as much as you, but I, I just know that it's the truth. And so, awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Amen, man. Uh, last question, if I can jump back to it, because it just threw me out. Um, any other words of wisdom regarding the discipleship process? Um, it's not for the faint-hearted any more than parenting is. Um, you, you are your own unique person. And you always want to you always want to give the process time. I, I think I, I know a few people other than maybe you and your dad that understand the growing process. 
You know about plants, you know about watering, you know about nurturing, you know about growth time, you know about fertilizing, you know about pruning. And that's all applicable to the discipleship uh, uh, process. I think wisdom is, 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 is just like in parenting, you know, there, every ch- you had four children, each, each of them have a, a different maturational level. They all grow at their own perspective. You, you grew quickly. That's good. Others may not grow as quickly, but they're growing. Yeah. And they're, you know, yeah. the, the, we're, we're, we're running the race. This is a marathon. This isn't a sprint. We're running the race. And, uh, you know, men and women uh, grow differently in the Lord. Um, my passion is to disciple men to be strong husbands and leaders in their home. That's always been my emphasis. I... I was raised by a single mom, and I have the utmost respect for women, but I have a firm conviction that men are to be strong leaders in their home. That doesn't mean you know more than your wife, or you're more spiritual, or you're more holy. It's just you need to be a strong leader in the home, and you are. Pastor Stacy is, is uh, equally as, uh, you know, uh, across the board on fire as you and passion and word minded and all that stuff. But she's a great example to other women as she disciples other women, um, you know, to, to how to be a wife. Word of wisdom that only disciple men never disciple women. Sorry. I'm old <laughs> school. Do men should not be spending time alone with women, yep. discipling them. Yep. Spend time with your wife discipling someone. Yep. But men with men, women with women. Older women are to, cha- are to, are to teach the younger wives to be chaste, sensible, domestic, and to love their husbands and to love the Lord. I don't spend time with women. I never do unless I'm with my wife. And we can disciple a woman together, but I think that's a huge. Uh, any words of wisdom? Yeah. Never disciple women, period. Are you all right with that, ladies? Because if you're not... Listen, you know, the, there's not, a reason why Billy Graham was able to go for 70 years in ministry and uh, while others were not, because he followed this principle. This is the Billy Graham principle. Uh, met, you'd never be alone with a woman. Yeah. You know, it's going to catch up with you. Yeah. It's going to catch up with you. And so it, sure. just listen to the wisdom of the elders guys and, listen okay. to the wisdom of the elders so i don't care that we're living in a new day and a new age and it's new wor- it's a new world the truth is the truth is the truth come on the truth is the truth is the truth you can give me all the facts you want it doesn't change the truth the truth so, is the word of god and well, it's unchanging so as long as i've stepped on toes can i just finish <laughs> say you may you're not pastor matt say you're a single guy and you and you're gonna do you think you're gonna disciple a, a single girl and your heart I don't doubt that your heart is sincere I don't doubt that for a moment but listen whoever you pray to you become intimate with and whoever you pray with you become intimate with so if you're single and you're noble-minded and you're gonna help disciple some young lady please don't do that please don't do that and that's just wisdom. Um, take another sister in the Lord with you if you're going to do that. But don't disciple a woman alone if you're a man. That's not old school. That's Bible. It's Bible. Yeah. Yeah. 
So if I have some last words, I would say this. Um, Pastor Matt, uh, lots of love, lots of patience, lots of encouraging, lots of pruning. Again, lots of encouraging, especially after you prune and nurturing when needed. And if you're as blessed as I am, after you do all of that, you just may get a Pastor Matt and a Pastor Stacy out of it. And that's what I have to say. Amen. Amen. The, the crux of discipleship comes back to relationship. Yes. Relationships built on respect. And so um, Pastor Tom and I have been walking together now for 30 plus years. Uh, Stacy and I will be married 29 years uh, come November. Pastor Tom did our wedding. I was blessed. He did our premarital counseling. Um, And so there's... Dedicated your kids. There's this relationship. There's this relationship that's been here for so long that... um, But relationships, you guys know, you guys all have relationships. Relationships are work sometimes. Relationships have to work through offense sometimes. Relationships have to go through forgiveness sometimes. You know, relationships have to grow and mature and and they change um, I don't have the same relationship that, with my children that I had 10 years ago. 10 years ago, they were my kids, and I can say, do this. Why? Because I said so. And that was good enough back then. They didn't need to know why. But as they get older, <laughs> that changes. And um, in the same way that a relationship with my children changes, a relationship between Pastor yes. Tom and myself changes. Yeah. Um, you know, an interesting thing in the... Paul and Peter relationship, and I mentioned this at the beginning. I started out as a Timothy, right? And Pastor Tom was my Paul. He taught me. And um, Paul says in 1 Timothy, you have, you have watched my life. You have done what I've instructed. This is what Paul says to Timothy. But if we watch the relationship between Paul and Peter, at some point when it grows up and it becomes this Paul to Peter relationship, there's a, there's a, a, they're almost more of equals. Yes. And whereas I have Paul or Peter on the top of the, the thing here, Paul and Peter are really almost more equals. At one point, you guys know this in the scripture, Paul and Barnabas say, hey, let's go down to Jerusalem and tell these elders of the church that they're wrong. And so Paul came to correct Peter. Right. And when Peter heard from Paul, Peter was like, you're right. This is, this is what they should do. And so uh, as it grows, the relationship changes. And I'm not here to say like me and Pastor Tom are equals. I will always hold him in honor and always hold him in esteem. I'm only saying that as we grow together, the relationship may change. But it always comes back to relationship. I, our relationship that we enjoy now is not so much that Matthew is a disciple. We're, now we're accountability partners. I'm accountable to Pastor Matt. I'm not, I'm not, I want to be accountable to you. And, um, and I, I am happy to, to receive from you. And I do receive from him. I receive from Pastor Stacy. So it, it can never be like, like you said, oh, I'm your father. No, <laughs> I'm happy. He's, he's brought correction to me. Um, and, and he's, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. 
you're right, Pastor Matt. So I'm enjoying, <laughs> I'm enjoying an accountability relationship with him now where he speaks into my life more than you know. More than you know you speak. Pastor Tom life. will tell me that we've grown and now he's more of like a Barnabas and Paul relationship. And I'm like, that's, that's nonsense. I keep telling him, that's nonsense. I'm his cheerleader. That's nonsense. I said, we'll never, maybe we're like that sometimes. But I'll tell you this, when, when the cards are on the table, when, you know, the chips are down and I'm like, what do I do? Pastor Tom, yeah. I need some wisdom. Pastor Tom, I need some wisdom. And so... Uh, I never hesitate to give him a call, it, yeah. no, matter, no matter what it is, because, guys, there's, as, as far as we've come, there's paths I haven't walked down. And even when it were, we've found a path that neither one of us has been down, he's got wisdom for me. And so I'm always, uh, I'm grateful for Pastor Tom. I'm grateful for the wisdom that he has, that he speaks into my life, my life on a continual basis. And I never, ever, ever take that for granted. Wow. Never take that for granted. You're, you, I, you bring me to tears every time I come here. The, the, <laughs> the honor that Pastor Matt gives is just mind-blowing. So thank you for all you do for Lynn and I. And, and um, thank you, Pastor Matt, for look at this wonderful church and what you guys have done and, and how far you've brought it. And you're just starting. You guys have an awesome pastor, Bull. You have two pastors here that love you and uh, are incredible. We're blessed. Lynn and I are blessed to sit under your teaching. And what a teacher you are, Stacy. I'm only, I'm, only I'm only doing what you told me to do. It's wow. working. Wow. God bless you. <laughs> I'll be quiet. Amen. Come on. Can we give a hand to Pastor Tom? Elizabeth, come uh, receive the offering. Thank you, Pastor Matt. Together we have like one whole body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>